0: What is going on, people? A lot of history in this podcast tonight. I got my buddy here, Tim Sherlock. What is happening, dude? Hey, it's... uh,
1: I'm here. I I was
0: going to say I'm excited
1: to be here, but I'm... I'm here, it was you're exciting. Not. You're it's not. exciting for you that I'm here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped, but it is what it is. If you're not, then that's no, no, all good. I no, don't I'm mind. I'm excited to be here, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, what, uh, shoot, we got a lot of things. It's been a long time. We don't we, hang out very
1: often. We have, yeah, actually I was looking at, when I went to call you this afternoon, I was looking through my favorites and somehow you're still like number five <laughs> in my favorites on a list
0: of... That's because the world knows, dude. <laughs> the world knows. That's probably because we texted back and forth for like two hours one time in the past nine months. I'm not even sure how that works. Does anybody know how that works? How
1: your favorite list? I mean I put you in there but how do you stay up there?
0: I've never even seen a favorite list and now I'm interested. How do you find it? Uh, Go to your
1: contacts and you have it on your phone like when you go to call someone right? Yeah. And you should have a favorites. And you oh, can favorites. add people to that. It just, like, you know, my wife's on there. No favorites. <laughs> you have no favorites. I don't know. Make your life easier. Put someone. Put Bailey in there. I don't know. And then put me favorite. in there and see who two tops out the other one.
0: <laughs> It'll be Bailey, that's for sure. Yeah. No favorites. That sounds about right for me.
1: Yeah, you're still hanging strong there in about the the mid range top spot. So.
0: That's good, man. That makes me feel good. Keep
1: not talking to me, and I'm pretty sure that'll continue to
0: happen. The too. iPhone knows. Apple knows, <laughs> it knows. Apple knows everything. we got to keep these guys connected. Yeah. God, what has it been? How old are we now? I'm 32. You're 33? 33. 33. I'll be 33 in, what, four months? Are we in June?
1: It's wild, isn't it? Wow. It really, the only time it's wild is when you go, oh, yeah, when I was in high school about 10 years ago, and then you're like, oh, my God, it's like 15
0: now. I know. I know. I talk to these high school kids sometimes, and I'm like, well, when I played, and I was like that, but that was like ten, a almost, decade and a 15 half, fifteen years ago. <laughs> like, right? Like you're closer to twenty years out of high school than you are. Yeah, it's weird how like that happens. Like
1: ten, I, it's, it's. super cooler though. Now I'm so much cooler now. We are. We are and the I exact was, same I was people really though. Really cool. We're the when exact I was same people. I
0: don't think any of us are any you know, different.
1: Uh, I was listening to your podcast with Bailey, and I was one dying because she's hilarious. This is a funny one. And two, you started talking about the homecoming thing, and <laughs> and as you were saying, well, like we were it? at a really small school, I was thinking like oh my gosh when they chose Homecoming King from a senior class it was literally between like 12 dudes Yeah, (laughs) who's gonna be nominated it was you
0: wasn't it it was it
1: was yeah it was a huge deal I still have I Um, still wear the crown sometimes at the house just to kind (laughs) of If I'm having a rough day, yeah. you know, put a little maple syrup in never, my hair and throw never on my forget who you are
0: crown and sash. Never forget who you are, a pair
1: of Calvin Klein underwear and just wander around. Just cruise around. That's what we do.
0: That's exactly, uh, it doesn't surprise me. That's what you did, at your, that's that's what you did at your wedding. It's a big moment. That's your wedding, wasn't it? true. That is true. We jumped out of that trailer at 900 <laughs> degrees. I think you threw a cowboy hat on, some Calvin Klein's, <laughs> and did a full photo shoot. Uh, that's a photo
1: of that just came on to... Uh, our wedding photographer has a big like Instagram account, and he mm-hmm. just threw that thing up, and Brittany and I were dying. It's That's good. awesome. It's great, great shot. That was a
0: good time. That whole wedding weekend was a good time. I thought
1: it was. It was a very. Fun, it was probably one of the funner weekends I've had in my life. So
0: I would say so. One of mine too. I've actually. been to a lot of weddings, and mine was easily the best. Yours was fun. My wife actually, Bailey, will be listening to this. I'm sure. Um, I remember leaving like really irritated because she like made me leave. You left early. I'm not sure if it was, like, the best man speech or, or what that really...
1: You still owe me $20. I'm pretty sure somebody gave you, like, $20
0: to give to us, and you forgot, and so... No. Yeah. No way. Yep. Really? Yeah, so... 20 bucks, Like, as a gift for you guys as a married couple? Yeah, we started said, our marriage, $20, $20 down,
1: and we barely <laughs> made it, to be honest, because it was a
0: rough first year. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, you guys are doing great. Little are, baby now? We are. Life is so good. Little Timmy running around. Little Timmy running around? Yeah, that's
1: what you call him. So. I mean, I'm just saying. You know. Yeah, I know. It's I funny. met him the other day. Yeah, he's a good dude. I met him he's, the other day. He's one year story. old. Is that how you say it? One year old or one years old?
0: One year old, man. One year. One year old. <laughs> I met, I literally, was that his actual birthday? Uh, the party?
1: It was, it was like three or four days before his first birthday, the birthday party.
0: So he. Yeah that's about a year and a th- month literally yeah. the first time i met him yeah don't was. feel bad dude Paige had <laughs> page had um had three babies obviously i think i think hudson the last one she had
1: yeah
0: i see i'm not even joking you know where she lived yes half a mile right of, hop across the freeway right i think i met him when he was like one and a half months old
1: Someone in your family, Page, I believe, said this to me because I was like, yeah, I haven't seen that guy in a long time." You know, he's yeah. never even met my son. And Paige was like, "Timmy, he didn't meet my daughter <laughs> until <laughs> she was like 10. I
0: don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I just feel like I don't. I don't know. I think here's my problem in life, and I, I realized this the other day. And it was actually it all came. It all stemmed from um, thinking about like like treating your wife a certain way or even people a certain way and, and telling them, you know, telling your wife, she looks beautiful. is a big deal. Whatever. Bringing her flowers once a week is a big deal. I don't do it. I'm not trying to say that's Mm. like my thing (laughs) and I'm the man. Um, but I started thinking about why that doesn't like cross my mind and why don't I think about that more often? And why is it a big deal to me to be like, you know, I got to think about doing this stuff because my personality, you know, my parents, you know, Ed, um, I just don't hero he's the man legend he's the man I don't like I require nothing like from anybody as far as validation mm, or yeah hey man good job today like right I don't, and it's not yeah, that yeah. I am so into myself and I think I'm doing things a certain way it's just like my you. whole life I've gone down my road and been and do what I do and I think that there's there's 8 billion people on the planet so for me it's like I don't need anybody who, when everybody does things differently I don't need anybody to tell me anything and I'm good. Like I feel good about what I do because I know that my intentions are always in a certain spot and it's a positive one, it's a good one. I know where I'm going. So it never ever crosses my mind to be like, Man, I want how come nobody told me nice job? How come nobody said, you know, nice haircut? Like mm. I never cared. So dude, it's your hard. beard looks really good
1: right now, though. Oh, God, dude, so, I needed that today.
0: Yeah, I got you. <laughs> I
1: really needed that. You should clean up your beard trimmings, though. So stop know. leaving those around. Yay, yeah, yeah, that's,
0: that's age-old. I try, I try. Yeah. Um. I hear you. I know what you're so saying, So to though. think about doing that for other people, yeah, because it it's not something I require, is is like it has to constantly be on my brain to be like, okay, don't forget to be like the positive mm-hmm. guy and be nice and do this or whatever it is. You it's know what i It's a saying? love
1: language thing. So I don't know if you ever look at like, you know, people's different love languages. So like if you and your wife certainly probably have different love languages, just like mine, and my, me and my wife too. So, um, if most of us, so whatever that is, however you like to be loved, receive love, like whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. That's the way that you're going to then want to respond and give love also. That but, makes sense. So let's, let's say this is mine is actually words of affirmation. So for me, if my wife tells me, hey, uh, I really appreciate what you did, that was awesome, It's that's all I need. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Um, if like I do that to a, her. You don't need
0: a lot, and it's cool. That's
1: it. If I do that to her, she'd care less, because hers she could care less about words of affirmation. For her, she doesn't need that. I tell her all the time, baby, I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. You're beautiful. I thank you what you did today. You're a freaking awesome rock star wife. She's like, cool, thank you. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, man, I just, I, just gave, I just gave her the best before, compliment before, ever.
0: Before I said that, I knew she's going to love this. Yeah, she doesn't care because that's
1: not her love language. Her love, love language is acts of service. So she's like, okay, cool. Thank you for saying thank you, but I don't care. Why don't you go ahead and clean up the dishes and mop the floors and surprise me?
0: And that I'm makes like, sense.
1: Oh, that takes so much work. That's actual. <sighs> but
0: do you remember this? I think you were there. Um, and this is, this is one thing that stuck with me. Forever. Um, do you remember? We used to go to those like summer camps, Bible camps, whatever they were.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Do you remember the one that was, um, I think, the whole premise around the, the whole entire weekend, the, or at least they have got different speakers that come in sure, and do their yeah. thing? I think the main guy, or at least the one that stuck out. I don't out remember to any guys. Me. I only remember girls that so mm-hmm. I was chasing yeah. around. So I remember, yeah, you I know, know Jenny that. Cowles and Leah oh, Abrams' World. So. Dude, all those ones. Anyway. That's, that's so life there's a guy. Right there. <laughs> Um, his whole his whole thing around his speech was love is a love is an action, not mm-hmm. a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that one always stuck to me. And now that I'm married, and like this is the first probably girl in the world of my 32 years that I've actually said like, okay, yes, I am. I love this girl, and I want to like be good. Mm. You know, yeah. this is my wife, and I'm choosing to love you. Yeah. So it's almost one of those things where it's like. Now I look at that action, like you just said, I do the same. She does the same thing. Bailey likes both. Like she loves to get, you know, flowers randomly like any girl would. She loves to hear whatever I think about her, but she loves no dishes in the sink when she mm-hmm. comes home from work and she loves a clean house. Even if it's not sparkling clean, just cool. you made the effort to yeah, pick things right. up before you left the house. Like right. that goes a long ways and that, that's, that is honestly easier, I think for sure like you put it part of your day like I enjoy doing the dishes now because I know that she likes it. that's right that's right and I've so, known that forever I've just never done it and then the last probably six months I've started doing it like and I enjoy it I right. actually enjoy it because I know this is this isn't for, it's not just the dishes anymore it's not just the dishes being clean yeah, Like this yeah, is our yeah. whole life is now wife. better yeah, yeah and my wife is happy this whole life everything's just better so
1: and that's where it goes if you can find if if you don't if you want to be a great husband Find your, your what is your wife's love language? Because mm-hmm. if you're trying to 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 how we got on this conversation, you talking about I didn't understand that it meant something to other people that I would be there because it wouldn't mean something to me yeah. all that much. But get you know like you just said there is you get to step outside of yourself and go like okay so this isn't what I need but it's what they need yeah and so I'm gonna find a way to give it to them
0: yeah I think it's interesting your brother gave, your brother gave me a book for my wedding actually um, I think it's right here let me see.
1: Aaron, Jerry, no, no, no. Ben, on, oh, John man. gave you a book. No, D- David gave you a book. Right here, dude. Art of Loving. John. Rich Froning, is that who it is? Yeah. Dude, I didn't even know that guy did anything but lift weights. That's I cool.
0: I have been married.
1: The art of love for a
0: few years now.
1: That's 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 a title right there. The art of loving. And
0: I've made it forty-eight pages in.
1: Yeah. Maybe That's great. Was, like uh, two pages a year, man. Keep maybe I going. should have read
0: some more of this. No,
1: in fifty years, you'll have that book torn through.
0: Yeah, I'm just. Want, I don't want to, you know, put it all out
1: there. It's exciting too early. I want to make sure this <laughs> no, marriage lasts. One thing at a time. That's one right. One
0: thing, man. Small steps every day.
1: Do you read books and read them halfway and then quit on yeah, all of dude. them? Yeah, of course. Every book that I don't. There are there I'm, are probably a handful of books that I've read cover to cover. I usually get through about one in ten, forty books. to sixty percent. And I go, I got it. I got everything I need out of this book. Yep. And I can put it back on the shelf.
0: I'd say one in ten books I finish.
1: What's is there one book in your life that is like this this the book? Like this was a game changer for me. You know what?
0: There is. Um
1: where is it? Let me see.
0: Yeah, it's Oh away somebody. Oh shoot. Um Ah dang it. I know it. You know it. Baseball for idiots. Phenomenal. No, no. It's a big game changer. I'm an idiot. I need to learn (laughs) baseball. So, um, gosh, dang it. You know it. I know it. Mm. I'll find it right now. You find it. Great. Greatest book I've ever read. And this will be the same for a lot of people. Um, it's a, I can't even believe I'm drawing a blank on this. What's yours? While I search for this. Tell me.
1: You're going to say how to win friends and influence people. Aren't you? No, 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 no. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. Um, the one that stands out right now is uh, because it's a football coaching book, and there's it's a leadership book, and it is solid through and through to the core. It's Urban Meyer's book, and it is called.
0: You sent this to me.
1: Did I years ago? Okay, read it. It's a book it. on leadership and how to run a program. Um, I mean, absolutely. It's it's all about the developing culture within an organization. So mm-hmm. it's less a football book than it is a. Leadership and Culture book, yeah. and uh, I mean, I just ripped off everything out of that book.
0: Yeah, but that's what good—that's what good coaches and leaders and people do. Is I, I don't think people understand that. It's oh, nothing. his
1: whole thing's ripped from from leadership uh, institutes that he's got yeah, brought in to and teach them leadership. That's
0: what they all do. It's not—it's not, not just like you're born to do this, and here you go. These right. people have a passion for whatever it is, and they learn it. They constantly learn how to be a better leader, better person, better whatever it is. I know. I remember Dave Roberts. Got the job as a Dodgers manager, and I'll never forget. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm talking about it. He's like, yeah, I have like three beatings this week. And they were all with, I think one of them was with, uh, what's his name, USC at the time. Um, The player, the coach. No, football coach. Dominated forever. Why am I drawing a blank? Shoot. It's, what's his name? uh Sarkeesian. no, No, it, um, with the with the Seahawks. Uh, Carol. Pete
1: Carroll. Thank you, yeah.
0: Him yeah. and like two other guys just like
1: him. Carroll's a G, man. I would yeah. love to sit down. You should get Carroll. Can we get Pete Carroll yeah, on this dude. podcast? Oh,
0: no problem. This thing's blowing up. It has at least like averages 45 to 50 views per That's episode. That's unbelievable. Bound of download. That's great. Yeah, so I think I just I just tell him that. He'll yeah, be like, I "Oh, this is a real
1: deal." He's probably not, especially in right now. He's probably kind of chilling. He's yeah, and we're time. both
0: coaches. Same thing. Like, yeah, we're, we're at the same yeah.
1: stage. And if I get on here too as a football yeah, coach, you, here, you yeah. baseball coach, football coach, another football coach. All pretty much doing it at the same level. Yeah. I mean, and if
0: we tell him like you're going to learn some things, man, like we're going to, will That's actually a great
1: hook for him. Yeah, yeah, getting into this new season. That's right. He probably yeah. just
0: finished OTAs, and he's probably. <laughs> He's probably looking for something like this.
1: Dude, I just ran my first ever spring ball, and I'm pretty sure that I give him some insight on. Yeah, how to you do that. are.
0: Let's let's highlight you for a second, dude. You are. Well, hold on, before we do, highlight you, um, the Alchemist.
1: Oh yeah, great book. Love it. I think it's the greatest Love book it.
0: ever, and the reason I think it's so good is because it is all about. I know there's a quote in there that's probably famous for, but um, and I'll find it right now. There's A lot of quotes in there. That's a famous ton, for there's I think a ton. There's a ton. Like Gold mine. It quotes. really is, but. The biggest one for me that kind of changed everything was the first one. It says, um, let me see. And when you want something, all the universe inspires mm-hmm. in helping you to achieve That's it.
1: That's right. That's right. I see. Yeah, that would be the most famous quote from that book. That makes yeah. sense. And so. for
0: me, that was like, and, and my whole life, as far as professionally and I guess work-wise, um, I like found something I was passionate about because mm-hmm. I believe in God and I believe he gives everybody Something, right. no matter what it is. That's right. And I've said this a million times. I don't care if it's football, baseball, watercoloring, tap dance. Doesn't matter. What I'm it good is. at
1: all those things, by the way. Me so too. I have a lot of me gifts. Too. Yeah.
0: God's me. A, we need a little uh, decathlon again, huh? We do, yeah. Just me versus you and ooh, 10 different ooh, things. That's actually a great idea. I know it is. I know it and is. And maybe Pete Carroll. Yeah, he'll probably want in after hanging with he us for a little fit,
1: bit. He fit, I mean, for an old dude. He
0: does, dude. And I Costume. love the khakis and New Balances or whatever the heck Solid, he wears. Yeah. I love that guy. So, yeah, the alchemist. But I, I, my whole life has been that way. Like, I've been just plugging along with my head down. And people ask me this all the time. What, what do you try to do? What are you trying to do with your job? And I, I, I have a job that a million people have just like you do. I don't think a million people have baseball mm, coaching jobs, but you know, I bet there's over a million. There's a handful have, that are baseball coaches. Yeah. So I always just say I'm just trying to do my job better than everyone else that does my job, and that and part yeah. of that is learning from people that do it and right. picking things. But um, I've realized this in my life more than anything that literally the universe has dropped so many things, God, mm-hmm. the universe, whatever it is. Mm-hmm into my lap without me trying to go create things. That's right. And then I take those things and create what I think they should be out of it. But it's like I'm just plugging along, doing something I enjoy, and things happen, and then it's up to you to kind of take these things that may happen and maximize whatever that thing might be. Mm -hmm. So reading that book for me was a a big one. That's one of the ones I finished like that. Yeah. I started reading it, and I was in. It's beautiful. It's so good.
1: Okay. I, I, I did it on Audible book uh, a few years ago for the first time. And then my wife and I were doing a road trip and I threw her in the mix and had her listen to it on the road trip. And uh, she mostly slept through it. So, yeah, but yeah. It's, so, <laughs> it's it's good. not for everybody. Yeah. Huh? yeah, yeah. I'm the driver. I'm always bad, but I, I love it. I can listen to it time and time again. It's just, it's crazy. You have this fiction book with this like fun adventure story. It's literally and yet, a kid
0: cruising through the desert. Yeah.
1: And yet the, the, it's it, the entire book. Was written and driven to teach like super valuable life lessons. I know, it's amazing. So it's a very good model. The funny thing is, when he
0: wrote it, it got yeah. slammed. Like Did zero it. notoriety, nothing. It wasn't until years and years later that he started selling it, like literally, like little stands in India or wherever the guy's from. And all of a sudden, he sold a couple copies, and mm. somebody, somebody, the right person got it, brought it to a big publishing thing, and all of a sudden now it's a Boom. world famous. But um, let's get to you man. you are freshly into the whirlwind of becoming a head football coach at classical academy.
1: yeah, pretty wild that's a story in itself.
0: It is which is awesome because classical academy uh, what a story the whole school in general is right
1: Yeah it's uh, I was hired there seven years ago this is um, we today tonight is our uh, high school graduation and that will that will be the culmination of my seventh year. So I'm going into my eighth year. Um, I was hired eight years ago now to be a a football coach, assistant football coach, and then kind of have grown into some other roles in the organization. But, uh, you know, I think when I was hired, we had like 300, 400 kids on campus. And our campus was not a campus. It was literally like we rented buildings from, we had an entire street, Woodward Avenue over in Escondido downtown. So we were renting a building from the church, a building from, I don't know some business complex, a building from the center, from the arts. We were, we were literally kids were crossing streets and going through parks just to get to class. And, you, I know. and, <laughs> and you, that was you, when I was hired. You were
0: standing there with your electric I was a vest guard on. It was so money. Go. Yeah, it was nice. <laughs> Easiest gig on Oh, doing. it was
1: great. So they hired me as a football coach, and you know the principal said, "Dana Moen, this guy's the man. He uh, he's just." allowed me and helped me to kind of grow into some, some roles, anything I want to do. He's like, cool, that sounds good. Let's do it. So it's kind of similar to what you were talking about there, right? Where things happen. If you're just in the right place, at the right time and you're putting work in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so this small program, I mean, you know, we're, we're still going to hover around about a thousand kids on campus, which is where we're at now, but, uh, at the high school level Be and that's because of facilities. We're just in too small a space and we don't have you know sports facilities we have to go elsewhere we have to go to rent from other schools and other community centers and all this stuff just to run our sports program but the uh you know as you know the sports programs bring doing pretty darn good i mean yeah you guys played classical and baseball yeah how'd that go
0: we do we did um it was good we they always put up a fight man and i i hate playing them because you know previously this year they were d2 went to the finals that's right put a again. great season together. they went 29 and 5 which is pretty incredible Right. Um, we played them opening day this year, and I I just hate it because we're Carlsbad High, and there's supposed to... We're a, expectations. A, yeah, there's expectations. You're a big school, and it's a lose-lose for us because you guys are classical, and it's like, oh, well, it's classical, and you're supposed to win, and if you lose, you're an idiot, mm-hmm. but you guys are a good, legitimate program, and nobody will probably give you credit for that until you you get to a certain status right and right. you guys are you're there you're right there so for me as a coach i was not pumped on having you guys opening day i'm like this is not a good deal no nobody you, you don't want to play that game really no, you don't and they came out and they competed their asses off they were good we have a um our shortstop went yard i think first pitch to the bottom mm. of first and it was fun it was exciting but <clears throat> we ended up winning like five two and then and i, I remember thinking the coach over their sister did a great job because they were
1: yeah shout out to ron so that guy's the man yeah
0: they weren't they were good they were a good baseball team but if i looked at them game one we, they went oh and one game one of the season against us and when i look back and see 29 and 4 Going into the championship, I'm like these guys just went 29 and three after us, and yeah. I don't care who you're playing. They played a lot of legitimate good teams. They beat do. a lot of legitimate good teams. Um, I don't care who you're playing. 29 and four is is unbelievable. It's, it's hard to unbe- do. It's unbelievable. It's very hard to do, especially they, in that game. It's such baseball. A anything game, man. can happen. Anything can happen. So, um, and I know that he just he, that he had him playing good, clean baseball, and that's all you got to do. If you pitch, swing it, obviously. And in high school, it's the team that makes the less errors is going to. It's usually gonna win. Yeah, it's not. It's not football where if you're out athletic and you're out man, you don't and know just, you can't. You can't. can't you can't. Yeah. You can't. You're not gonna go to a basketball game and have a average six three size team playing against an average five eleven athletic and win. You're just yeah. not. So baseball is one of those things where you, you can know, get an
1: ace on the mound and you can yeah, win every third yeah, game. <laughs> you know what?
0: Like it's opening day. We got our guy on the hill. They got Boshaw was up on the hill and he was good. He was really good and we got to him. Two or three times and that's all it took but mm-hmm. you know there's no no saying that we don't you know if my shortstop instead of hitting the bomb hammers a line drive right at your left fielder to start the game and he's out it's a whole different ball game that's right like it's just such a sick little game it to be is, honest but
1: that's yeah why i don't touch it I, no it's 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 also because i can't hit 50 miles an hour in the batting yeah cages. well neither like can I, i'll neither swing can I and i'll miss i'll miss if i get 46 pitches from that thing i'll miss 47. <laughs> So it's pretty One tough, extra dry but, swing, just yeah, for fun. Yeah, that's my hack. Oh, uh, the ball's not coming out. Okay, I'm telling
0: you, man, it's a it's a tough sport. But yeah, the classical's done a great job. I'm pumped for you that you're over there. I think that program's going to be in a. I won't. I don't want to say much better because I know the guys there did a good job. But the direction you'll take, it'll probably just continue to stack on what they've done. And um, I'm pumped to watch you do it. I know I've done it for four years here at Carlsbad, and there's just nothing kind of like it to be. In a position where you surround yourself with good coaches, you got good kids, good parents, a good program, and it's just fun to see those kids have success. Like we lost our last game this year, and it was just sick. It was like the bases loaded, two outs, two two count, tie game in the bottom of the ninth. We end up we get out of it, then we get to go to the tenth and try to win, and you know we're in playoffs, getting to the semis, and we get a strike three, pass ball wild pitch, whatever you want to call it, the, the guy ends up scoring and winning the game on a walk-off strikeout, like my literally. Um, and wow. I felt like for the one of the first times in my life, like physically ill, like I could have like thrown up. like I felt like I could have puked and it wasn't because I lost the game or we did or we're out. It was just like I wanted these kids. They played such a good game. They hit eight baseballs on the screws right at people and we just didn't get rewarded for playing the kind of game I thought we played and that's baseball and that's life. But I felt literally physically ill for like, uh, until I got to left field to talk to the kids, shaking the other coach's hand, walking out there. I was just like, I could puke for these kids. I wanted, I wanted so much more for them right now. And I thought they uh, not earned it, but maybe deserved, you know, better. And it was just a bummer. But, um, so that's kind of for me, I'm excited for you to kind of be, the guy, because the wins are always on the kids, the losses are always on you, mm-hmm. and that sucks. You know, like
1: yeah, I mean that's the way it's got to be, and it ought to be. Um, it should, yes. You know, and I think about a situation like the one that you just articulated that you guys dealt with there in the in, in the playoffs, and I think this is where developing culture and defining expectations and defining you know your direction and, and what everything's going to look like, and getting really clear, crystal clear on that. Um, is the number one thing that I put my time into since I take this job. Um, One of the things that I first wanted to find is what does it mean to win, right? Because to your point, in a football game, we, 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 we may play some teams that are just flat out more talented and they're gonna win 10 out of 10 games against us. How do I go in and coach that game
0: What constitutes as a win? Yeah. So look, look. Here's here's
1: here's how here's how the only way I could think of to define it because look, a win on the scoreboard, it's competition. That's a win. That's easy. But what if we go out and we play a game against a team who's two divisions above us, you know, and their athletes are just far superior, and we've coached perfectly, our kids have executed perfectly, they put in perfect effort in everything they've done. And we still come up 14 points short. How do I look at them and go to that after the game speech and tell them like, Hey guys, sorry, you just weren't the better team today. Sorry about it. So for me, defining what it means to win and the way we define it is, is, uh, being able to put heroic effort and legendary service to your team, uh, on it on one day as one unit. And so if you can do that, if I can look at my team after that and I can look at my boys in the eyes and go like, look, you guys freaking balled out. You came with heroic effort. You all put out for each other in a legendary way. Mm -hmm. That's a win, okay? Mm -hmm. Now we gotta correct some things going into next week, but we just won as far as in life, right? So Mm -hmm. in the competition, we lost. In life, we just won and you're all better for it. So getting clear on those types of things and that's where I look at a guy like Sisler. I think he's done a great job. Those kids were in the weight room in, I've never seen a baseball team in the weight room all year long. Mm -hmm. He was, I I run that strength program over there at classical and he was, he had it scheduled two days a week for the entire year and they did two days of baseball. The other days they were in the weight room Mm -hmm. and they were going hard, man. I go in there and those kids were, it was like 110 degrees and humid in there. I hated it when they were in there, but yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, just, just defining who you are, I think is really important. And I've been fortunate to have some great leaders, that I've been able to learn from um, in today's day and age. is like, if you don't know how to do something, it's your own darn fault because the information is everywhere. So I follow a lot of great leaders and I read a lot of great books on leadership. And I went through Classical Academy's uh, Leadership Institute this last year. So, you know, we had uh, six months. Every Monday, we'd have great leaders from all different organizations and types and they come in and speak to the group and share with us. So, you know, for me, when I'm as soon as I stepped in this role and came kind of out of nowhere, it was like, okay, who are we? Where, what's, what's our direction? What's our mission? Where are we going? And then how are we going to get there? And kind of back planning that, right? So I've spent thousands of hours already trying to just, just make all that clear. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of work. Um, loving every second of it, though.
0: It's a fun journey, man. It's a fun one. I, uh, I'm excited for you. Thank you. Very awesome.
1: Very fortunate, very blessed. Um, going back to your point, you said this: uh, you know, all the universe conspires against you, or consp- is that right? Am I saying that
0: right? Conspires for, for you. you,
1: something like this. The universe is on your side. If yeah, it's it's conspiring against you, you got big problems. Yeah, good
0: luck. <laughs> it's a tough opponent.
1: So I would just say, for me, that's uh, I look at it as God's sovereignty, and I've seen the same exact thing in my life where. There arose situations where I had the ability to say yes or no, and the easy answer is no, because yes is scary, because it's an unknown. And I said yes, and all of a sudden doors were open, and he shoved me through another one. And I look back and go, there's these catalyst moments in my life, and there's several of them that were huge catalyst moments that I didn't know at the time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I look back and go, oh my goodness, that happened for a reason, that happened for a reason, that happened for a reason. You yeah. know what's funny is, Jake, is that you don't even know this, but you actually challenged me and really changed the way I thought about life by the way that you did something 10 years ago or something like this. Mm-hmm. So you would come you would come back from college and you played a couple of years of baseball and you were thinking about New Mexico State and uh, I was New Mexico state or New, New Mexico, Mexico
0: Highlands Highlands. Little D2 out there. Yeah. Elevation. I would have hit some bombs. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and you turned that opportunity down. You were starting to starting to settle down with a family and you're starting to plant your roots back here in San Diego hometown. And uh, you're working at the batting cage and just basically just being around baseball because you felt like it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll never forget this. You told me this story. This person, you probably remember this too, because it's a catalyst moment, I think, for you. Is it somebody called you on the phone and said, hey, we're looking for someone to run a travel ball team and uh, you know, or is this coach in? And you said, no, they're not. And most everybody would have said at that moment, he's not in right now, but uh, I'll leave you a message. I'll leave a message for him. So when he gets back in, he'll give you a call. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay, thank you very much. And then maybe that person would've got a travel ball team. Maybe they wouldn't. But instead you took the opportunity and you said, uh, no, he's not nice. And you said, but, uh, but I'll run the team And this person, I imagine, is completely caught off guard. Like, who is this guy who's answering the phone with the batting cages? Good, let's go. And uh, never uh, done
0: it in my life.
1: And you can share some more on that, but uh, I'll I'll never forget. It was a moment for me being, you know, we were only, what, like 20 years old at the time? 21, 22 maybe?
0: Yeah, 22 of the oldest, I think.
1: Yeah. And so for me, it was this moment of like, man, I can't, I, at the time, I thought it was the craziest thing in the world that you would do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess I got some freaking stones on him to just go <laughs> into that with never doing it before, no experience, and just say, I'll do it. Yeah. And then it wasn't but a handful of months later where I had similar opportunities arise, and I just went like, Dude, I'm just going to freaking say yes. I'm going to mm-hmm. follow Jake's lead on this mm-hmm. one. I'm going to say yes. Everything that I've done to this point is just I'm going to say yes and jump in. This yeah. football position didn't want it. Didn't, 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 I won't say I didn't want it. I did not think I had the capacity to take that job Mm -hmm. and the way things turned out, they came after me actually, after interviewing several other people. And I was like, wow, I don't know. Thought about it and went, I'm going to say yes. And it was a God thing. He shoved it in my plate and said, Hey, I want this for you. Take it, put everything you got into it and then give it back to me. And that's what I'm trying to do here. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's good to know. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, that's cool, right? You coming. had no idea, probably, no, that I ever even no, thought I about didn't. that. I didn't, and I—that's been me. I think I just—I've always kind of lived in a way where, like, fearless as far as as life goes. Where it's like, uh, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. You know, literally, literally like, that's right. what's the worst that's gonna happen? And this guy that called in ended up being part owner of the Padres. I didn't know. Oh idea. really? Yeah, he well, yeah, dad his know. dad. He's the guy that created so him, his dad and his brother had a supplement company, they made vitamins. Mm-hmm. Um, and they at he was like 34, 35 at the time, they ended up creating the energy portion of Monster Energy Drinks. Oh wow, okay. Sold it for X amount of millions and millions of dollars. So they were all split it three ways and guy's thirty four and has more money than he'll ever know what to do with. But a good dude, a good mentor. There was two guys that kind of did the team, but um, I learned from both of them. And and when I did that, I brought a guy with me that had some knowledge, Wade Kitchens, and we coached that team together. Um, And we learned, man. We learned. I learned the business. I learned all of it, Mm -hmm. all of it. And and I think that for me was because I know you were always a guy. We've talked about this where you wanted to be probably back in your day, just. Overly prepared for whatever you were going to do. Mm-hmm. Overly. Right. right. Like you you wanted to be super knowledgeable and make sure you were ready. That's right. Like I remember this thinking about the personal training. That's and you right. Spent, yeah. How many years did you spend? God, probably five years procrastinating just, on a certification. Right? And, and kind of studying and this and that. And then I remember I went to a two week <laughs> online course and I went up to LA for a That's crash right. course and I passed the thing and I was like, cool, I'm. I'm gonna go train people. Like the STA, baby. Yeah, yeah, like the easiest thing you could do, but that's my <laughs> life. Like that's right. I'm just gonna go do things because I don't know that there's there's a certain group of qualified people in every field and then there's everybody else. That's right. There's everybody else. And learning on the fly is I think the only way to go in anything in life. But yeah, that's kind of been my thing. And you've been you've been you're like that too in, in a big piece of your life where you know, you're not afraid to do things. We grew up together. We were both... I was more, I think, probably reserved than you. You came from a family of 12 where, mm-hmm. you know, incredible, incredible parents you have. Um, but to spread, you know, your time through 12 kids is a lot different than spreading your time through one or two, right? So yes. I was under more of a microscope on doing things right, wrong, right, and being in a way. And my dad was a bodybuilder that scared the daylights out of me <laughs> and everyone else, right? So, so I... I was uh, I was very reserved and I wanted to do things right for a long time and then I realized like, you know, my parents are gonna love me either way, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. And they're they're humans. They're gonna expect me to screw up and do things right, do things wrong. I still do things right and wrong, um, but I I dropped the kind of the fear and the feeling of of doing something for anybody else mm-hmm. and their their approval and their, their how they would think about it because. And that only happened when I became real confident in the person that I was and who I was going to be and what I was doing that I didn't need the validation of am I doing this right or wrong because to me it was right. And, and even when I got this job here at Carlsbad, it was funny because somebody told me I get all this advice from people, you know, well, make sure your program, you run it this way, you do that, you do this, and this old guy came up to me and he had been coaching baseball and high school, sports, college for a long time, long time. And he said, "You want the best advice you're ever going to get for this job?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't I?" And I I knew it was going to be just like everybody else's advice. And he goes, "Coach the way you want to coach, because you're going to get fired anyways." <laughs> and I started laughing, and I said, "You know what? Like
1: that's a gr- that's the best advice."
0: Yeah, he goes, "You would rather put in, you know, five years of building what you believe in, than put in ten to fifteen years of." Tiptoeing what everyone else thinks I you try should to be please doing. people. Yeah, you know what? If you believe in what you're doing and you want to do it right, that's the only way you're going to do your job with conviction and be the best at it anyway. So, I don't know. I think you're in a good spot. I'm excited for you. I think it's it's funny to see it's such a long, long journey for us. From, what, four or five years old? Yeah, I mean... Look, Batman yeah, for, birthday for, party? For everybody listening.
1: Right? Uh, yeah, Jake and I grew up on the same street in Vista, California. Mm-hmm. I won't say where because I know this podcast is huge. Yeah, we'll we got stalkers. Man. to find our stream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'd be weird. Our parents would be bummed. Yeah, to get toilet papered by fans. They don't on the know podcast. we're like
0: famous yet. So that's true. Yeah, try to keep that under wraps for them.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we 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 grew up when we were real young. We went to a couple birthday parties and stuff like this. But it wasn't until uh, high school, junior high, really, that we started like no it was earlier than that that's wrong we spent a lot of time together you know about like in our younger years cops and robbers running around but uh you and i probably became very very close like next level close at the like eighth grade ninth grade Mm -hmm. mark Mm because i was riding to school with you every day like we were literally never apart played sports together uh and then uh to, to look back now and now holy moly it's like you've got a wife and a like, five-year-old almost three
0: three okay three and okay. A couple, she was born on uh johnny's birthday january she 28th looks so,
1: she looks so old i know she's like so it's crazy she's, she's tall and it's talks cra- a lot it's crazy she, she seems so she seems like when i see her on like social media and stuff she seems like such a young kid
0: already it's, it's crazy. wild it's wild it's not a good time to see like, how <laughs> quick it goes
1: but you got, you got married. How long have you guys been married?
0: Um, about four or five years, I think. Yeah. Say about five, coming on. I think on. seven. Right, yeah, Bailey? Is seven, yeah. Anyway, no, Third, I'm kidding. Uh, better so, yeah, no, me. I
1: think that's right. Five years. I've been married three years. So we're just like a couple years behind you guys. Yeah. Um, I have a one-year-old son. You have a three-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. You're the head baseball coach of Carlsbad High School. Going what? This is your fifth year?
0: This will be my fifth year coming up, yeah. I just finished my fourth. And
1: I just taken over as the head football coach at Classical Academy yeah. High School, and uh, it's amazing. And we didn't do that on purpose. We never in our lives said, "Hey, dude, you know what I want to do when I, I grow up?" I
0: know. No,
1: we want to be athletes. We wanted to like play. we don't play at the next level. Yeah. But I never thought about coaching until um, really. It took me a while to give up on the dream of playing before I ever thought coaching would be something mm-hmm. that I did. So. And I think you're probably very similar. I don't know that. Did you, did you think about no, like, Hey, I want to no. be a coach one day. No, like
0: I said, from that phone call where I decided ever since then, it just all kind of kept rolling and ended up being the thing. But
1: Same God, dude. He's like, Hey, you know what these guys need to do? <laughs> I need these guys to be around like, let me just push several this hundred kids, young <laughs> high school kids and, and, and to be teaching these kids how to, how to be great men yeah. through the, through the Avenue and the yeah. platform of sport
0: not one of the things I would have guessed for myself is it? no
1: oh my gosh you know that some of my colleagues now some of my coworkers. I'm a teacher full time over there mm-hmm. Fred Boshaw mm-hmm. my math grade th- yep. math teacher from 8th yep. grade uh, Dave Stanford my math teacher is history Stanford teacher Stanford's part Standing. of our career yeah. so all these guys that I was just terrorizing in ninth uh-huh. and 10th grade because mm-hmm. we were just the worst high school students of all time I know and now they're now they're looking at me, going
0: like, "Are you serious? I work with you now. This is horrible. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> How did I get in the same spot as you?" It's pretty incredible, I think. And I think to me, I know I I will always use any uh, every time something negative happens to me or I create a negative thing for myself um i store it as as information for these guys and how mm-hmm. you know, i've been there i've That's seen the you know yeah these guys screw up in school or class or outside of here and there's a relatability where it's like i know you i know i've been there so let's talk through it and figure out how to get better and how to avoid just like a parent right how to avoid the mistakes i made but you want these kids to be better than you were at that time and age and Um, but yeah, we, but that's, that's the thing. That's the power
1: of it is, is if, if we were guys who did everything right through our high school career and our young Mm twenties, there's not a lot of value in what we have to offer because all we've ever seen is the rose colored glasses where everything's Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. So to me, the biggest gift that I've had as a teacher, as a coach in anything that I do is the fact that I went through some pretty dark stuff in my early years um, just outside of high school at the college age. And there's so much value in that now. And mm-hmm. again, I was, there was some protection going through it where I was probably saved more heartache and more struggle than I probably should have been. I have great family and great support, people who rallied around me and you know helped me get back to ground zero. But um, now when I'm able to talk with a kid and hear what they got going on, I can relate completely
0: yep.
1: because I've been through some stuff. Right, and all mine think, was self-imposed, to be honest. But um, yeah, I think it, most
0: everybody's powerful. Is. I think most everybody's is really. I mean, things happen to people for sure, um, unfortunate things. But like the bulk of what happens in your life is is you. I can't look at anything. Mindset. Like, yeah. Yeah, I can't look at anything that I've ever done wrong and said, well, that's because this happened, or that's because that was my choice. I did something, and that's on me. So. I think accountability, and that's big. And when you can do that, then you can kind of teach and learn from it. Because you don't—if it's always on someone else—no, it's you, always on there's you. There's nothing really to
1: learn. So it's never on anybody else. Look, it's—you you, have—you have an event, and you have your response to that event,
0: and—and
1: mm-hmm. and it's all about the response, right? I so, agree. you know, bad thing happens. What? How are you looking at it? What I've gotten to the point in my life is every time that something happens that I'm, is not favorable at the time, I go, okay. So what's this? That's the, what's the learning lesson right now? Mm-hmm. What can I take away from this? And if you look at life that way, man, like every day is beautiful. There is, there are, there are zero things that can happen to me that are going to knock me down. I'm just literally going to go like, okay, this situation's here. So what mm-hmm. am I going to learn through this? this? Is really hard right now. All right. Well, what's next? There's a saying that I love that's. Uh, this too shall pass right it's a great saying because you could write that on a wall anywhere and it's applicable because if times are great and you're living the dream which we are right now i mean i'm very blessed in my life i'm very fulfilled in everything that i do things are fantastic this too shall pass i always think that like there's going to become a time where some tough things are going to come into my life and britney's life and and we're going to have to deal with some things that are going to be really really tough you know that's life right yeah. so if you're not already preparing for it right now then when you get it it's going to knock you on your tail mm-hmm. and then on the flip side of that if you're going through that time where it's really dark and things are really hard and you don't know why this is happening to you and you've tried to do everything right but you're still dealing with this remember this too shall pass it's not going to be there forever you know you're going to take a little pain but what's on the other side of that pain mm-hmm. and that's what's really like if you're if you can keep that perspective throughout much easier to do when you're in my situation now than it is when someone's who's in that dark situation. But if yeah. you can keep that perspective throughout that time, go, okay, we're going to get through this, and what's next? Because yeah. something beautiful on the other side of this.
0: Yeah, it's just a choice how you want to see things. It's like a daily choice. It's got to be. It, it really is. I think...
1: That's where you and I, I think, align so much in, in our thought process is that we own everything that's ours.
0: Mm-hmm. Good and bad. I, I, I and don't bad. blame...
1: I don't complain, I don't make excuses because at the end of the day it's on me, yeah, and I'll fix it,
0: yeah, we've been in a lot of spots where we've done some funny i every time I think <laughs> i this is funny because I think about for some odd reason, every time I think about us and where we're at and where we came from, I always go back to the hay house because that's one job we had together, Holy moly, I man. go back to two jobs, yeah, and I'll talk about the other one in a minute, and you're gonna love it, um the hay house, and I always remember thinking like. Cause I would pick you up. That thing was 6 a.m.
1: Golly, dude. 6 a.m. Right?
0: What a disaster. 6 a.m. to 4:30, four days a week. We got a hundred dollar bonus for every million that the company made mm-hmm. every month. So, or every like ten or something. So if they made fifty million in a month, we'd get five hundred bucks if we were just on time all month. Mm-hmm. And that's I remember right. That's right. Yeah. I didn't get you the job by. I got you in there. I I was already there. Yeah. You were looking for a job. I talked talked to the guy. guy. You got a job. And then I was responsible for picking you up for a while. And finally, I'm like, "Dude, I ain't trying to lose my bonus because of you. If you're going to be late, I ain't doing it. And you ended up taking the bus. Yeah. And then you ended up... And when you say
1: pick me up for a while, I think that uh, you said you would pick me up and drive me. And then when it came down to it, you said, Tim, I... I don't have time to do no, all dude, that I
0: will be at your house at <laughs> five thirty a m if you are not Once. out there at five thirty two I'm gone yeah mom and
1: but I ended up taking did. Like, the bus or whatever it was I did. and then we took got, a four. <laughs> i took a four forty five a m bus and it would drop me off like a mile and a half from that place, and then I would have to like Just to get there at six, I would have to like jog, right? I didn't have a skateboard or a bike or anything. So I would literally like be in like a, it was almost like speed walking. Like you see in the Olympics, like here I am. And what do we have to, do we have a a uniform form or could we wear whatever we wanted? (laughs) No, we could wear whatever whatever we wanted. God, there were some characters there. Holy moly. You think they're still there? Probably. Yes. We're the only guys who got out of there.
0: Yes, we're the only guy. You got out of there because you got fired.
1: No, I didn't. I actually just decided... No, nope, uh, you got fired because oh, we used to oh, make I these see. like forts.
0: <laughs> so to set the scene, this was just a warehouse and we were called Pickers, right? So we would get... This company would get a... Luis of, Hay. So Luis. I didn't even know
1: what we worked for. Luis L. Hay. I didn't even know who Luis Hay was I didn't either until now. Yeah. So, okay, continue. So the warehouse job. This is great. 10-hour days. 10-hour days. Dream we job.
0: Would, yes, we would pick... Pit. We were called pickers. Pickers. So they'd get. A, How old are we? We were nineteen. Yeah, it's right. Out fresh out, school, right? Right out of high school. So we would, we would get this company would get a big old order from Barnes and Noble, from when he three thousand books, and we would go through the warehouse and find these books, and put them all in a cart and give them to the shippers. But what we did, because this place was there were dark corners of this place, there was dark sections of the warehouse. We'd get there at six a.m we'd go build like a little fort out of these boxes right these cardboard boxes that are filled with books we'd build this little fortress we'd cruise right inside there and we'd take naps like good six fifteen to 7 o'clock i'm taking my morning nap or we'd go sit in the bathroom
1: and when you say we you mean everyone in the company every does. single person the there's probably two this. guys that everybody were just... did this
0: there were a couple workers that were there but um and i'll never forget the guy Sam, was it Sam? Sam, that's Sam right. came riding by on his pallet deck. that we used <laughs> like scooters, and he, and he saw your feet. Oh, that's amazing! And he saw your feet through a little opening in the boxes and woke you right up. I'll tell you, wait, it's this, him. This is, this is,
1: this is probably Jake. Like the soul. If someone said, like, hey, what's the most embarrassing moment of your entire <laughs> life? This was it.
0: It's a, It is as vivid as if it just oh, happened. Oh my goodness. It was amazing. Here I, just I am. You were gone.
1: There's there's four by four, four feet by four feet pallets, and they're stacked like three high. So you just think of a big like, about 15 foot like small building on all sides, mm-hmm. right? And you have to slide through a crack. And in that crack, I didn't build this. Someone else did. But there was a box in there set up against the back side, so it was built like a perfect chair. So I'm like, okay, this is a spot. What I imagine it happened is whoever spot that was caught me, threw me under the bus to Sammy. And Sam comes rolling by. He's a big Samoan dude. And I'll never forget just hearing like, Yo, Tim. (laughs) You you need some more sleep? And here I have to,
0: here I have to, I have
1: to come crawling out from behind (laughs) this thing with my pride and ego decimated. It's about the same feeling I had when your dad called me out from behind the couch, when oh,
0: I, uh, God, that and the we best. don't have to go
1: down that story, but the same deal, <laughs> you know, I'm hiding.
0: Uh-huh. And then
1: it's like, yo, Timmy, you want to come on out here? And it's like, well, I'm actually hiding right next to you. Yeah, and here gonna, I come. I'm going to come out of here. It's a very embarrassing, it's a very embarrassing thing to happen it's to, a, a, to a grown 19 year old. Yes. Want to be man. Yes. But I was then fired. Actually, what's worse is when you beg for your job. And, and I've made this mistake mm-hmm. twice in my life. I've actually been fired from, just about every job I ever had before Classical Academy, yeah. so yeah, you know why? Because I don't want to work a job that's not valuable. <laughs> it's like I, picking books. I, I
0: bet I've had I bet I've had forty jobs in my life before I started doing what I'm doing now, and they were they all lasted anywhere from a week to like. That's a month. what
1: separates people, I think. There's people who are just exceptional at what they do, and they just do it from day one. Mm-hmm. And there's people like us that go. I cannot do anything else in life unless I'm severely passionate about yes. what I do. Yeah. I won't do it. I can't. Because just... there's no value there. I'll be unhappy. Yep. My wife will then be unhappy. My yep. son will then be unhappy. I'm not gonna do it. Yep. Look, I've got to be every single day. I've been at this school for a long time, and even before I was the head football coach, uh, I was the head of the strength and conditioning department, and I teach health and fitness classes. I don't have a single day where I go, oh God, I gotta go to work. Mm-hmm. I freaking can't wait to get to work. I love what I do. Yeah. But when I was working at the Hay House, there's nothing there, there was dread to go to work for it's 10 cool. hours. And the reason we all slept is because two hours in to a 10 hour shift, we were done with the work for the day and you had to make up what to do. Yep. So here I true. am, I come crawling out from this spot and they go, hey, uh, now Sam's the floor manager, now I gotta go talk with the big boss. Yep. And Sam says to me, it's like 10 a.m., he says, why don't you why don't you just go home for the day, Timmy? <laughs>
0: you look like you need to sleep. Yeah, you why look like that? you need a little
1: extra sleep. I said, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm, let me just finish out the day. Cause I knew what that meant. Yep. No, 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 you're going home. You go get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, so I did. Bad. And I honestly debated that morning. Like I know I'm going in to get fired and I have to get up at 4am to catch the 430am bus to, to get there get at 6am. Yeah. Because if I'm a minute late, I'm going to definitely get fired. And it's like, I'm 100% sure they're gonna fire me, but on the off chance that that 100% is not a real 100%, I gotta show up.
0: Yeah.
1: Walk in, like I'm going about my the other day, and then, hey, Joe wants to see you. Is that his name, Joe? Is that right? Yeah, Joe. God, I didn't even know Good I knew that. Good for you, man. Good for you. And I, okay, here we go. I'm either getting a bonus for finding <laughs> the greatest hiding spot on campus, or I'm gone. And, uh, sure enough. Yep. Here's your final check. See you later. And then it's like, oh, cool. Now I actually have to go find the bus schedule. Cause I don't even know what time the next bus leaves don't to know go how home. To get home and go, uh, you
0: know, that's brutal. That was a good time. That was a good time. That was a small piece of our lives. I wasn't there for much more than like six months. Here's the moral of the story, like kids. If you don't
1: like what you do, do it poorly. Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. No don't that's horrible do advice. That's horrible advice. Yeah, yeah,
0: that, yeah, it goes both ways. I think there's people like us that just can't handle it, can't handle doing something we don't aren't bought into. And then, but
1: that's immaturity, Jake. Like, i looking back now, that's immaturity because now I look at it and go, there's a lot of things in my life that I don't like to do, but that which you think about, like, what, did- what you do in anything is what you'll do in everything. So giving poor effort because I don't like washing the dishes or doing it excellently because that's the way it ought to be done. Yeah. It's a maturity thing. Now I do that. Now everything I do, I try to do it to the best of my ability. It's true. There's certain things that don't have value. So I'm going to rush through them and get them done and put my time into things that where there is much more value. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I agree. I think that, but I also think that, There's a there's a view of what you're doing and and what it's worth. Like you are not a hard guy to replace. I am not a hard nobody in that building is a hard guy to replace. Yeah, you're right. And it's a job that you know what, for me, Mm -hmm. it's this is forty hours of my week and my life that I'll never get back. And I just and and that's not to say that for a lot of people that's happiness. That's good. They're they're they know what they're doing. They like the schedule, they check in, they do their job, they go home, their weekends are awesome with their families, their nights are awesome. And a lot of people enjoy that. That's right. I, but a lot of people don't. And I and we're some of those people that just can't. It's like you can't. So I don't know. I don't think it's a surprise that we both essentially kind of work in a field we want and kind of do our own thing. But, um, yeah, it is. It's growing up and it's learning. And, and I, I've told people that all the time, especially now, 2019, 20, and beyond. There's so much opportunity to do something you enjoy and, and social media and the way to kind of put yourself out there, whatever your talents are, is – Man, if you don't put a good run at, at doing something you enjoy first before you might have to fall in. And it's also life. If you go have three kids on an accident and now you have a family to take care of, then you do that job no because options. you have to. Yeah. So staying in a spot that gives you some flexibility and you're not tied down to, you know, these these things you've created that you're responsible for gives you the freedom to kind of bounce in and out of jobs. But um, I, we got to talk about our favorite job of all time together. Come on, man.
1: Every summer, (laughs) every summer of my life, from the time I was 15 years old to the time I was 18 years old, we had the privilege of hucking out the world's greatest barbecue at the Del Mar (laughs) Fair at the (laughs) The old old Chuck Chuck (laughs)
0: wagon. That place was fun, dude.
1: At the time, it was horrible though, wasn't it? But yes. we look back and God, there's some memories there.
0: The one, the, I think the one summer, right? I was 16, had my license. That's right. We drove together, we went together. It was literally 13 hours a day with, with the carnies. The, That's the, what they call. It, them. It was the, yeah, it was the carnies. The carnies it was man. what it was. And they, the we routes. were, <clears throat> we were, and not to get into, and there's zero racism here. We were the only two white kids that worked there. Yeah. Everyone else was, yeah. was the most of them were hispanic and did their thing and they just grilled us all day yeah, they did in their own language and we ended up picking up obviously some of their stuff but um what a what, a, what a time like I, I never forget you know you get there at 10:30 you're at the Del Mar fair you're 16 years old and you got a handful of brisket sandwiches to go hand out to the the ride guys and be like hey man here let me get on this thing and like
1: trade up yeah and
0: you're just kind of cruising around having a good time but that was and you know you create so many little things out of that there's the music at the time that we were into there's yeah. just everything you think about those rides and we would go down to that Seven Eleven every single night that's right and lib the old dude lib the guy old guy would serve us these ice cream snicker bars <laughs> remember that yeah, i do um, absolutely and we'd soda yeah and we'd sit there and we'd talk and we but what a good what a Listen good to messed no, yeah, Mess?
1: did they even put out another album or did we listen to the only album they, they ever created? Probably, we were the probably the though, only two. Man, crushed it. I the hear NES those team. things. I
0: hear those things now and there's no there's no more nostalgic music no, than that time absolutely. for me. Yeah, it like agree. puts you straight into where we were at the time. And yeah, it still you know, sounds good to me. It still sounds there, awesome. There was we weren't at that
1: age and what we are 16, 17 years old about 16 years old I think. There's you're so raw. You're not jaded. You mm-hmm. haven't had enough life experiences that would kick your ass. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot more... Uh, I'm a lot more cold and calculated than I used to be as a youngster, right? Mm-hmm. When you're that age, like, you just fall in love with every girl you, you mm-hmm. know, you start... Yeah. You have a crush on. Like, you're... There's no... You don't care about anything, right? You're in love. Even, like, our friendship, the closeness of that that age of, like, being... Everything was out there, Mm -hmm. you know, that where now you become adults and you become more reserved in what you share with people and what you don't share with them. But at that age, there's something really special about that age. And that's why I think I love that age of coaching and and teaching high school kids, especially Mm -hmm. high school young men, because I know how powerful that age is. And think about this. Like you were talking about the Del Mar Fair for both of us, right? The work was hard. The work was not necessarily enjoyable. In it fact, was, it sucked. It we was, were in a sweaty kitchen servant. It was literally. Coleslaw, beans, it was ribs.
0: Literally 13 hour days with a half hour lunch, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. Yeah. And we were in an assembly line of food. Yeah, being we were, harassed we by a bunch de- of yeah, 40, yeah. 50 year old men. We were literally <laughs> the guys that would scoop coleslaw. Pff, onto a plate and slide it to the next guy yeah. and he would put the beans on there and like you were talking 13, it was like 120 degrees yeah you're of talking that, 13 hours Sweating. a day of doing you had to wear a collared shirt yeah you're talking about 13 hours a day doing doing just that that work
1: sucked it was horrible but the experiences that came with it were beautiful They're the best and that's what i look at sport right i look at sport like sp- specifically football because it's what i do It is freaking hard. Mm -hmm. It is hard. The time commitment is ridiculous. It takes your whole summer. We literally take high school kids, and we have, right now, look, we had spring ball for two weeks. That was two weeks in the end of May. We went right into seven on seven. So I've run practices last week. I'll run them next week. Two weeks. We're still, kids just graduate. They're done with school, but they're still practicing football, right? Mm -hmm. They get two weeks of a dead period. That means we cannot have contact with them. They can't have contact with us. That is CIF mandated. They got to have it. And then, as soon as that's over, July one. We're on the on the field for four weeks for summer conditioning, and summer conditioning in Escondido in the heat is hard. It's not fun. It's not fun, and we go right into August, and we go all the way to November. In, in real, full-on, padded football, like grinding five days a week, mm-hmm. plus watching film and do all the other things that go into it. And I'm talking about for the high schoolers, not for us coaches, but for the high schoolers. That's a lot of demand on a young kid, yeah. especially a young kid nowadays with so many things to pull them, their attention in other directions and so many easier things they could be doing. Yep. But you know why they do it? They don't do it just like we didn't do the fair because of the freaking grind of sweating it out in the cook shack. We do it because of the experiences. The nights after hanging out, you and I, Mm -hmm. till two in the morning, talking about the girls we were in love with Mm -hmm. and listening to our favorite emo music. Our kids, that's the same thing. When you ask a kid, when you know, look back on your, your your time of playing sports, what do you remember? You remember the locker room. You remember the long road trips. You remember the conversations, right? You remember the fun that you had that didn't even happen between the lines. Yep. And that is the experience that you have to create as a head coach. To me, that's everything. You got to win, but if you want to develop winning culture, it's got to be fun. Yeah. Right. If you're having a lot of fun doing what you're doing, this is why I think Pete Carroll's been successful. Pete, man, we're bringing you up a lot. You got to come on the, <laughs> the podcast, man. Uh, I'll leave you my, I'll drop you my digits there at the go. end of this thing. You, uh, uh, you can find me on social media. <laughs> Same thing. I got about a k, a one k followers, so I'm crushing it. So. <laughs> But, but think about it, like, that's a guy who I look at and I go, everybody who plays for him is having a fun time doing it. Yep. Or Jim Harbaugh, right? Intense guy, mm-hmm. super intense guy. But you can tell that, that guy loves his kids to death. That's yep. who Urban Meyer is. And that's why I respect yep. the man so much. And I love him. That guy is a fireball of energy and he loves his kids to death. And that's who I am. And that's who you are, Jake. And it's like creating that culture where you can be so relentlessly demanding on a young person and yet they love every second of it, mm-hmm. that is the sweet spot. And if you can do that, you'll have success no matter how many wins you put on the board. Yep. But you're probably gonna have a lot of those.
0: You will, if you do it right, you will. And I, I think that's the thing for me, Like when I look at a Pete Carroll and the fact that that plays, that personality, that, that kind of attitude plays at an NFL level, Yeah. Like that tells you that if you're in high school or the lower, something under professional football, baseball, basketball, And you're doing it in a way where it's like, winning only matters and all this stuff. It's like, but playing the game loose and fun, you're gonna be at your best anyways. That's right. That's why when you create that culture, you want your guys to be not afraid to fail. I tell our guys all the time, I don't want to be a team that you know plays the game and they and they hate to lose, like, because then there puts that like pressure of Mm -hmm. thinking about a loss. That's right. I want my teams to just love to win and Never that's it and when it. you play like that you play as a team you do a lot of things but you're enjoying this game and we always talk about it in baseball because you don't control the results you really don't i mean you can hammer a baseball and you get an out for it that sucks you did right. everything right you capitalized on a good pitch you barreled it up guy makes a diving play or the guy doesn't even have to move to catch it it just chalk it up rocket yeah chalk it up to like bad <laughs> luck right so yeah we take that we I try all the time take the results out of it the results don't matter we play the game the way we want to with the energy and the passion and, and play it right and the results will take care of themselves and i think that's for every sport but that's where us it's like enjoy the moment enjoy the process and break the whole game down into one moment at a time one pitch at a time obviously one inning one game whatever it is but just enjoy and try to win. We talk about all the time win the moment, win whatever the moment is. If you got a guy on second and your only job is to get him to third, win the moment. That's it. In the moment. Win the moment like and, have, and enjoy it and enjoy the process and look at it and go, this is an opportunity. This is not a requirement that, oh man, I got to get this guy over. It's That's like, right. Cool. I got an opportunity to get this guy over and help my team and it's going to be fun. So when you take that away and we want the first at bat of the game, zero zero. Mentally, to feel the exact same as the last at bat, two outs, tying run on third base. Like That's we right. want your head to be in the same spot of, this is the exact same situation as the first inning, zero zero, no pressure. All I'm doing is trying to beat this pitcher and this defense. That's right. I get to the seventh inning and it's tie game and there's pressure everywhere. It's, I'm, it's still at the very end of the whole situation. is me versus the pitcher. It's I the same it. exact thing. But so the environment shifts. The environment right? changes. It's crowds now louder and everybody knows what's at stake. Yeah, but regardless of what's at stake it's the exact same job as it's been all game all season and that's where whole reps and
1: practice are are invaluable and mm-hmm. putting your kids in game situations right so one thing that i'll make sure that we do regularly in our practices is there'll be live game situations guys there's a scoreboard on the sideline and it says we're down 17 points going into the fourth quarter and I'm gonna put 12 minutes on that clock and we're gonna go to work and we're gonna go win that game. Mm -hmm. But, and I, you know what, uh, last you had Roberto Wallace on this show. Mm -hmm. And one thing that stood out to me, it was like a gold mine for me for that like 40 minute podcast, Mm -hmm. right? You talked about some things, but like for me, this was a gold mine as a new head coach. Mm -hmm. He talked about a winning culture and it was amazing to me to hear about the fact that even at the highest level, him being on the dolphins, there was a losing culture. Mm -hmm. We expected to lose. Nobody went in going like, hey, let's go win. It was like, we're going to freaking get our tails kicked. Yeah. Who cares, right? Yeah. And yet, talking about his contrast to playing at Oceanside was a winning culture. And he said that. We'd be down by 17 points. We still expected to win. Yeah. There was no like, oh, shoot, we're right out yeah. of this thing. No, it was like, okay, here we go. Time to go to work, yeah. right? Yeah. But, But creating that winning culture, I think, is the number one thing you can do. Because, again, at the end of the day, You are going to win more games in the competition on the scoreboard, guaranteed. Mm -hmm. If your mindset is you, your coaching staff, every single one of your kids, every single one of your fans, everyone who comes out to that game, they're like, oh, we're going to win. That's who we are. We're winners, right? And at the end of the day, if you don't win on that scoreboard, you're still going to feel like a darn winner because you put in everything you did to get there. So. That winning culture piece for me is huge. So uh, that was my big takeaway from that show you did with him. And yeah, that was a good piece
0: when he when he talked about that. I like, I enjoyed that a lot. And I, and I think that's the thing too is, is to create a winning culture. You got to win first. You got to get used to winning. That's right. Um, but but that's that's kind of the thing for me. It's like I just win or lose. If you if you do things the right way, obviously you're probably gonna win more than you lose. But you have to create that culture. Being a team that that learns how to win on the field, off the field, everywhere. Like our guys, you know, we do little things every day that are unnecessary, but we do them every day because we put the flag up for every practice because Mm. that's something that we, that two guys have a job and this is your job. Mm -hmm. Go do it, do it right, do it perfect and get on the line before the time is there. You know, when it needs to be done, get it done and be ready to go. And it's little stuff like that. That's like, I love the all blacks um, rugby team. Mm -hmm. I read a good article on them one time and they, they don't have any like janitors or anybody that they're, they're the most successful sports team in history. Right. And they have, I read half
1: of that book. Yeah.
0: They have no janitors, no, (laughs) they have no janitors, no nothing. Right. So those guys, they empty out their, their training room, their locker, their equipment every day and they clean it and they put their stuff right back every single day, every practice, every game, they own everything. They own it all. So I think that's a big deal is, is creating like, Cayman <clears throat> football is yours and it's your players and it's ours and it's nobody else's. And we're going to make it what we want to make it cause bad baseball. We are going to create what we want it to be as far as the staff and then down to the players. And then the players end up feeling a sense of pride in what they do. And it just goes a long way, but that's anything in life. Like we've talked about doing the dishes and having a clean house and, and a happy wife and doing those regular day activities. That's what translates over from sports because we have a bunch of kids that, that play sports, and at the end of the day, some will go pro, some will be baseball players in college, some will go professional and play for 10, 15 years, some will not play after high school. And if we're teaching them how to field the ground ball or how to throw a baseball or how to hit an off-speed pitch, and you're teaching them how to run a nice five and out and a good freaking flag and a post and throw a dime and that's all you ever teach them, that sucks because they're all going to end up being men at the end of the day, not, not football players. We failed, right? yeah. They're all going to be didn't men. Do our job. So, using the sport and the failure and all that stuff that comes along with it, and the success and how to handle both, it's no different than going to a job interview and crushing it and feeling like, man, I just, dom- right. I'm dominated that job That's interview, right.
1: but prepare to win to your very, very best. Mm-hmm. And when you don't, go, okay, let me get better for next time. Yeah. And when you do, you can look back and go, that's because I had perfect preparation and perfect yep. execution. Yep. And it you're not really, always going to have that. But every now and then that comes together. And, God, that's a sweet thing.
0: It is. There's a guy here. You'll like this. There's a guy here, Ralph. He's 78 years old. He takes care of our field. And he told me this. Ralph's about, the man just because his name's Ralph. I know. He told me this about four years ago. He's like, yeah, it's all the Ps, coach. You know, got to get all the Ps. I'm like, what are the Ps? And he goes, let me count these first. Seven P's. He goes, it's a seven P's. I go, what are the seven P's? And he goes, proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Oh yeah. I've heard that one before. That's fine. This is true. Like just proper prior planning will prevent a bad performance. And that, that to me is always like, you just, and that's, I think why I put probably more time than necessary or more into it. And I only say more than necessary because it's like, even when I'm done with the planning and the prepping, I'll still sit there for the next 20, 30 minutes thinking about other things that never how come can I, I do this? Yeah, way? like I've already been there, we've already done everything, but there's extra for me and, and I just think caring to a certain extent is a big deal because you end up getting the best out of obviously what you're doing and then the kids and the there's whole thing, there's there's two types of coaches
1: as you're saying this, Jake. It just stood out to me. Is there's two types of coaches, there's two types of leaders, there's two types of anybody who is um, in front of an organization of some kind. And there are systems thinkers where they're going to take what's been done for a thousand years and go, it works and they're going to copy it, copy paste. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's rule breakers. And I think you and I at our core are complete rule breakers, meaning that we look at every situation in life and go, that rule is there. Is it a good rule? Or does it need some changing? Is there right? a better way? Is there a better way? And so one thing that I would say that, you, that stands out, and again, it's not right or wrong one or the other. I mean, there's some systems thinkers, coaches that crush it. And there's also some very, very out-of-the-box creative thinkers that, that crush it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when you look at the situation and go, this is the way it's always been done, and all these people are doing it have massive success, I don't ever think to myself... Let me copy that. I literally go look at it. When I find a recipe online, I go, that seems good. Let me make it my own, right? When I I took this job, I could easily just take what we've been doing and having quite a bit of success for the last five years and I could think to myself, let's just keep this going. I'm throwing the whole thing out. Why? Because it's not me. And the coach that you said, that came in and gave you that advice, he said, hey, coach the way you wanna coach because you're going to get fired anyway. Mm -hmm. If I'm not 100% authentic to who I am and how I, what the value to me in coaching is this, you said this, if I can translate what we do on the field to real life, we'll win. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's, it's, You you started you started to pull out your camera and I lost all my train of thought, man. I'm very self conscious. Don't be self conscious. Yeah. All right. So you got
0: to give a little something for your thousand followers, and we got to get Pete Carroll on yeah. this thing. So so there's hey, a listen. Up uh, uh, lost the train of thought, but that's yeah. okay. I think we we covered a lot of I think what we believe in, and it's pretty clear. Um, what what I get out of it, and this is on all my boards all the time, right there in red. Your ego is not your amigo. No, I think I think when you see the best coaches, yeah, when you see book. the best coaches and the best players, um, there's just no ego. There's no ego there, and it's it's like I'm not afraid to get advice from a kid. Hey, coach, I think this might be a better way to do it. All right, yeah, let's try it out. If you're right, sweet, we all win. Mm. You know, and my coaches, I don't make a single decision inside this room without three, four, five other coaches that that I take all their thoughts and ideas and we all kind of come to a collective. This is the best way. So being a a non-ego guy in life in general is a big deal because you'll take much less things personal, less things will eat you up. Um, And I think that's kind of, for me is the root, the root of, of who you become as a coach and a person and a leader and and anything in, in marriage, especially like if you take away the ego and you see everything from a non, why am I getting screwed here? Or why did he say that? Or if he told me what I did wasn't good enough, screw that guy. It Mm -hmm. was, and maybe it Mm -hmm. wasn't, maybe he's right. So I think that's a big thing for me. And and I know, that.
1: yeah, it is It's number one paramount, Jake. I'm glad you said that Mm -hmm. when that was that, that was the biggest thing that that I went into this with is that the reason that I even decided that, Hey, let me actually think about taking this job because at the time, I honestly thought the time commitment and everything was going to go into it. I thought, I don't have that and I don't want to do that. But there was a need there. And when uh, our former head coach, John Goodman, stepped out, the guy crushed it for five years and Mm -hmm. everybody loved him. So there was a large, that's a large space to fill. When you have a guy who steps out, he wasn't fired. He wasn't asked to leave. He decided to move on for some specific reasons. And I had to step into that and go, can I do everything he does? And what I realized is, no, I don't have to. Mm -hmm. I can do everything that I need to do to run that program. And here's what happened is I said, I see a need that can be filled, and I think that I'm the person to meet that need. So to your point, the ego not being involved there, if you had asked me when I was 25 and I got hired at Classical Academy as an assistant coach, it was all ego. It was all about me. What I wanted is I wanted to, to take a high school program, I wanted to end up becoming the head coach. I wanted to move on to the college level. I wanted to work up that coaching ladder so I could become an Urban Meyer one day. That was my dream, coming into this thing. But who was that for? It was for me. It was an ego. I needed that validation when I was 25 years old to say, Tim is good enough, because see what Tim created. I think marriage changes that. It changed it for me, I think probably, to where uh, I don't need any more validation than the fact for me to come home and love my wife excellently and mm. now to love my son, being a father took that to the next level mm. to love my son with everything I have and to give everything to him. I don't need validation from anybody on the planet yeah. ever again. And when you don't need validation, there is a loss of ego, right? Yep. Most of us are so concerned with getting that validation in Every form and you can see this go look at someone's personal Instagram account and their social media You can see the people who constantly need validation. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm good enough I'm good enough and You can see the people that are like I just want to share with the world what I have going on here my family and this yep. and that, right? Yep. so Not having an ego is insanely difficult to do as a as a high-level athlete and even probably harder Jake as a as a coach Of a high-level team, right? Because most of them are doing it for themselves for yep. their own ego when you can step out of it and you can do it and you can go look this is 100%. I'm going to pour everything I have into this thing for the kids so that they can have success and they can be great men and and then I can show them look this is what a great man does. Yep. A great man puts his family first in everything.
0: Yeah, and if you don't do it by if you don't these kids these days are smart. They're not I think that I think See the through you. yeah, I think the age of respecting somebody because they're older than you is gone. Done um i found it, that out day one yeah you got you have to you have to earn a 15 year old kid's respect which part of me likes and doesn't like because i grew up not that way yes sir but yes
1: sir yes coach yes coach. exactly doesn't no exist. matter what
0: you said and it's different now and i think it's good because i think it puts some accountability on these coaches to go well shoot I, i'm expecting you to respect me right and mm-hmm. i'm but but on the other side of that coin I'm out here as a coach and I'm, I'm, I want you to earn my respect. Like I want to respect you as an athlete. So do these things and then I'll respect you. Cause I walk into everything and I, I'm the opposite in life all the way through. Every person I meet, I fully assume that this is a very good person and I hope they don't prove me wrong. And if they do, then okay, good. Well, now I know, mm-hmm. right? but I'm never going in skeptical. I'm never going in thinking nobody's good and I'll be surprised by the nice people. But I, same with the kids. I expect you to be whatever way you are, and I hope that what you are is good, and I hope you work hard, and I hope you're a selfless guy on a team and all that. And if you see otherwise down the road, then you work to fix it, or you work to put them in a, the right mindset, just the same way as they look at you as a coach, and go, uh, you gotta earn my respect. That's right, i am going are you gonna come out here day one yelling at me, telling me to do this and that? It's gonna be tough for me. But that's why for me, back, it's, it's backwards. I tell everybody, parents and kids, my entire goal is, is to spend however long it takes to get these kids to understand that I love them and I'm here for them and that's it because once they understand that and they know that, then they can accept everything you do That's right. and go, well, yeah, he's yelling at me because I told him I want to play D1 football. Mm-hmm. I want to play D1 baseball and he is now preparing me to do mm-hmm. what I want to do. He's yeah. not the one going to play D1. Coach isn't going there. That's right. He's got me and I'm going there and for four months... This is the guy that's going to put me at whatever level I need to if I'm bought into him and he's bought into me. So I think that in life in general is, is just giving other people. It's just giving to me with no expectation of that's return. It. What can I give to other people? What can I give to these kids? What can I give to, to adults? Anybody. And I think that when you live in a way that how can I serve other people – it's not only is it gratifying for you as a person, right? It feels good to watch people succeed based off the minimal or the or the lot of work that you put into them.
1: Mm-hmm. And we
0: have guys here that are naturally incredibly talented. That's right. And I look at them and go, "All right, cool. I'll push you a little bit, but you got it, man. Like I'm not going to sit here and take credit for the no. 92 mile an hour arm you have. No. I didn't teach you that. No. Good for you. What yeah. I want to teach you is how to handle that Situation. and how to be ready for the next." Next level when you get there as a as a man because you already have the gift so, and I, I think that's the the best part of all of it is there's so many different ways to kind of. Yeah, you're as a, as, a, as a head guy, you're building culture.
1: Right? Yeah. I mean, it's what you're doing, and you hit this on the head just now. Is like I found this out, you know, you know I've been teaching and coaching in the weight room and everything else for a long time, but there's a sh- there's a difference to now being the head guy of a program, and what I found out day one is like. I got to earn all these kids trust Mm -hmm. and, and, and I have to do it by genuinely caring and loving them and not having it being performance based, right? Not going, Hey, this is the best, best athlete out here. So I'm going to get to know him. I'm going to take the guy who's just barely making it out on the team out there and I'm going to build a relationship with him about life, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask him, Hey, what's your, what's going on at home? How's your life? How's family? How's school? What are you gonna do for this summer? Mm -hmm. What do you like to do? What's your favorite things to do? Oh, cool. You like this music? I love that music. Okay. Drake, I love that song. That's awesome. Right. But being able to connect with them on a level that has nothing to do with the game, that's yeah. how you're going to build and develop trust. Yeah. And now we have a relationship and now that we have a relationship, now I can hammer you when, 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 when I need more from you because you need more from you. Right. Not because I need it because your yeah. team needs it. Right. It's 11 man sport. Every guy has to be given his absolute best for the guys around him. But the only way to get that is we call it we call it an emotional ATM, right? So you've got to be able to fill that ATM up before you can take money out. And what to your point, you started this conversation. is A lot of coaches for hundreds of years have been trying to just make withdrawals with never putting anything in because I'm the head coach and you
0: mm-hmm. darn
1: well better respect me, right? Mm-hmm. So. And you're right. The kids nowadays are going like, no, really? No. Do I? Because they're not being taught that, right? They're not being taught the yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. Right. And honestly, I don't like that. I get those kids and I like, I don't like it because they'll say yes, sir. Yes, coach. Yes, sir. Yes, coach. And they look right through you. I want a kid who goes like, yeah, but why? And now, okay, let's have the conversation. So let me put in a whole lot of emotional credit into that ATM. Let me fill that thing up. And now you trust me, right? And once you trust me, you know, you'll follow me if only out of curiosity. You're like, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm not really sure so where we're going, going but this. I trust them.
0: Yeah, it's a great analogy. It's a great analogy.
1: So, I mean, that's, and look, I have these, day one, when I'm hiring coaches, when I'm interviewing coaches, I'm not asking what their football skill set is. I've got a pretty good idea when I go into those conversations. Kind of I'm coaching. asking them, hey, how are you going to deal with this situation? What do you do here, right? Mm-hmm. One of the big ones for me was asking my coaches, what place does yelling have in football? I asked every coach this in our interviews. Um, Because to me, I've seen a sport that is, it's expected that coaches are going to yell and scream and get crazy on the field, right? You
0: expect loud whistles running, get up, let's go, let's go. You expect that. When you you go to a football practice... Quote, unquote,
1: that's football, right? That's football, yeah. So again, this goes back to being a rule breaker or being a guy who says, okay, but why, right? Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? And when you step back, I'm a teacher, right? And in the classroom setting there's not a single time where it ever would be acceptable or effective for me to go, are you friggin' serious right now? You bent your elbows too early on that clean? Are you kidding me? How many times have we been through this? Don't bend your elbows, don't bend the elbows, get to triple extension, do it again and do it right, and yeah. then walk away from that situation, right? Yeah. How many times is that kid going to be like, oh, dang, man, I actually blew it. And I get what coach is saying. He's saying that I need to keep my arm in full extension before I drive my hips through. Oh, I totally got that. That was a great teaching moment for me. Thank you, coach. No, you're going to be like fearful of the next time you do it, and you're going to be in your head, don't screw it up, don't screw it up, don't screw screw it up. up. It's a poor model, for one, for trying to teach a skill set, and two, it's it's very, very inappropriate, Mm -hmm. right? But coach has been doing this for years, so my question to coach is, hey, this situation arises one of your players within your unit. Okay. So your unit is your position group, right? So my D line coach, one of your D line guys has failed to execute on the field in the middle of a Friday night game. And he's done something completely wrong. How do you deal with that? Do you yell at him? Do you pull him to the sideline? Well, you know, and I get different responses. Oh, I'm going to get him in the sideline, but I'm going to get in his face. I'm telling him he's done wrong. Okay. I'm the head coach. Now what do I do? So my job is before we ever get to that situation, how do we handle that as coaches i don't care how you would handle as an individual if you as an individual within the organization here's how we're going to do that if it is something that needs to be coached or taught you're going to pull that player off the field you're going to have a conversation with them and you're gonna start that conversation by asking him what happened mm-hmm. oh a lot of times they know oh the 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 the, the tackle pulled And he was trying to kick me out and I was supposed to wrong arm to get underneath it, but I didn't. And that's because I just slipped on my first step and I missed it. Sorry, coach. I'm so sorry. Oh, you know what you did wrong? Cool. You're good to go. There's no yelling. There's no upset. Perfect. Go in and do it right next time. Thanks, coach. Good. Now I just built confidence in that kid. I filled him up and sent him back on the field empowered. Now most guys are going to go, are you kidding? You know to get underneath it. Right? So for us, that's a rule. Is that if it's a teaching moment, then you teach calm, cool and collected mm-hmm. and you get the kid back on the field. So they know that getting pulled off the field is not a negative thing, it's a good thing because it now means it's gonna, I'm gonna get coached. Yeah. And if they know, send them back out. If they don't know, then we're gonna go, hey, let's draw it up. Here's what needs to happen for the future. Are we clear? Yeah, I got it, coach. It won't mm-hmm. let me, Perfect, go back on the field and kick some ass, yeah. right? Same thing here. Now, yelling is has its place, right? Yes. If it's a motivational issue, or an emotional issue where we're dragging ass cause we're kinda lazy or we're fearful going into a game, right? I gotta be the fire. Mm-hmm. I have to be now the passionate, fiery Jim Harbaugh coach now. Cause I gotta get my guys ready to play. Yeah. Right? I have no problem with that. This is a this is a football is 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 a it's a combat sport. Yeah. So there needs to be passion, there needs to be excitement, and there needs to be some freaking relentless uh, uh, kind of physicality there, right
0: there's a there's an energy level that has to be met it has to, to be.
1: Play the game but Not it's a, a balance so but for me day one those are the first things I put down pen to paper what are my coach what's my role in this where's our mission where are we going what's our goal and then how do what it that filters down. My coordinators, you guys are up next. What do you guys do? Mm-hmm. Then it's the position coaches. What, is you, what do you guys do when these situations? We already have all these situations built out on paper and I'm just working through this thing you know, in the wee hours of the night for the last four weeks yeah. since this happened. So again, um, that's not to say, look, I'm, I haven't even started yet. I haven't even taken the field. We might fall flat on our faces. Yeah. But for me, I think the number one thing that a, a great coach does, and I hope to be one day a great coach, is that your culture has to be clearly defined and then perfectly executed, mm-hmm. and the X's and O's and the talent—that's going to come and go. Yep. And you'll have great seasons, and you'll have poor seasons, but every season you'll have a group of kids who go, "Man, God, that was the funnest thing I've ever done in my whole life." Yep. And I'm so much better as a man because of that situation. Yep. That's how we define success.
0: I agree. I like it. I can't argue with a word out of that. I'm a big. I'm a big believer in that too. Uh, we have a saying here: it's always praise in public, scorn in private, teach in private. Whatever mm. you call it. I yeah. Mean, it, like you said a kid hit kicks a ground ball what are we going to do tell him yell at him to field the ground ball he knows yeah, and just out. booted the ball like everybody <laughs> in the stands knows what just happened right. and what i did wrong and you know so for us it's like you make a routine play the dugout's going to pick you up and go that oh, baby good very good nice job mm. and then you get in the dugout after that error and i go come here man listen you can't sit back on that ball, or you got to come get it, or you got to say, way to come get it a little bit, but you didn't get your feet set. That's why you end up booting it. Mm-hmm. Like we'll teach in private because it doesn't do any good. I, I played for coaches that did both, and yeah. that for me was our biggest thing is is praise in public because people need it. It's a tough game. It's all all sports are tough. Guy makes a good tackle, everybody goes nuts, and that kid gets praised. Right? That's right. Guy misses a right. tackle, you let it ride, finish the set of downs, come over here and come here, man can't let that happen mm-hmm. you know why you missed that tackle well mm-hmm. like you said if he gives you an answer where he says yeah because I did this that and the other thing you go you're right good glad you know let's don't let mm-hmm. it happen again if he doesn't know then you teach him why and how and what's a better route and what's a better breakdown and not get beat by the by the offense but that's a big thing for me and the, the kids are changing obviously the culture of or the this generation is changing compared to what we were and um, I think it. I take a real individualistic approach to coaching. Every kid's different. Um, I need to know. Some kids like getting yelled at. Mm-hmm. You know, but, drives them. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta find what every kid likes and what works for them. And, um, I think that's a that's a key thing. But shoot, man, I'm excited. When's game one?
1: Uh, we play uh, a scrimmage on the 15th of August, and the following week, the 23rd, we play our first game against Marvis the high school. So we'll go out there. We got Coronado. La Jolla Country Day is our first uh, home game you know, out in Escondido, so it'll be a fun. Those will be three uh, three great, competitive, tough games for us, and uh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. But, I'm excited, uh, too. It a lot of work to be done.
0: I know I've been doing this four years, and you've made it to one game. I'm going to make sure I get to like three or four <laughs> this year just to show you what, it, what, uh, what it's like. Okay. Have you been to a game? Have you been to one of the yeah, games? Yeah, I've been to one of your guys' games a long time ago, okay. um, back when you were coaching. So. Let me uh, lay it on me before we wrap this up. Where can we find you? Where can we find the Caymans? Where can we find your social media? What do we need to follow?
1: Yeah, so one thing we just started is uh, the Cayman Sports app and website. So if you just go to caymansports.com, you'll see uh, all the schedules, every sports listed there. Uh, I just started building it, so we're cleaning it up, but that's going to be a very, very clean, nice site. Same thing, as an app, uh, Cayman Sports app. So if you literally type that into your Apple search or your uh, Google search or whatever the Android is. Um, and then, uh, for me, yeah, I'm not like, uh, social media, we're out there. You're just going to see me, my family, my life, you know, the things that all my values, things I love. And, uh, that's what we that's, all want, dude. Where do we it? find you on that? Sherlock. Tim, um, is the Instagram. It's about all I use. I don't really do the Facebook or Twitter thing. Cause it's way too much time and work. I'm not really sure how to do that, to be honest with you, but yeah, uh, Sherlock Tim on Instagram. And, uh, there's also a, uh, came in sports or came in, uh, classical Academy strength and conditioning. I think is what it's called classical Academy strength and conditioning. Yeah. Something like that, but, uh, that's it. That's what we're Good, doing. We're Living following. the dream.
0: I'm following. This was nice. Biggest thing I get out of this podcast are, you know, somebody asked me why I was doing why I do a podcast the other day. And it's not to sit here and talk and listen to myself speak. It's, um, when you sit down with somebody and your only job is to keep a conversation going you mm-hmm. know and it's like this was easy this is flowing this is 25 years of friendship so it's easy um but i just get to learn i get to learn and get different perspectives like i'm going to leave this thing a better leader coach and look into things and, and it's inspiring so for me to listen to people talk um, and pull pieces out of it and learn and be able to have it recorded and go back and listen to stuff is a big deal so this for me was a, uh, as much as i think it'll be for anybody that listens um good man just a good learning kind of fire you up to be a little better than you were the day before so i appreciate the time i'm stoked we got this one in let's uh let's plan on doing this again yeah
1: please yeah when we when we're one and nine i could tell you why there's none of this work <laughs> tim we got to go we'll back rehash. to the drawing let's,
0: board. let's set it all up and do it all over again but no, i'm excited that's the journey man me. that's the journey so i'm excited for you i know i'm pumped to watch uh what the Caymans do this year, man. Keep that program on the up and up. You're the right guy for it. I appreciate that. Jake. Yes, sir. Thanks for the time, Mr. Tim. Thank you. All Talk right. to you soon.